Greetings and welcome to Union Street Hoops, a podcast dedicated to Valparaiso basketball and the Missouri Valley Conference. I am your host, Paul Oren. You can find me on Twitter at NWI Oren, where I've been having a lot of fun recently doing the On This Date in Valpo Basketball History segments. Each day I've been going through the archives of NWI.com and going through the all-time results of Valpo and trying to find something cool that happened on each day. And it's been a lot of fun to to go through and relive and read some of these stories. So please follow me on NWI Oren on Twitter and uh, and look for those segments and, and click on the old stories from the NWI.com and, and and learn a little bit more about the history of Valpo basketball. It's it's been it's been quite a bit of fun going back and, and looking through. And the one that I looked at today, November 18th, as I'm recording this, was a game against Kent State when Eric Bugs had been basically in a wheelchair with a hip pointer. He was in a lot of pain, and he came back, and he uh, he he played really well. And, you know, he was Eric was not a great free-throw shooter, he'll be the first to admit. And uh, Kent State follows him late in the game, and uh, he makes the first one, misses the second. But there's Kevin Van Vyke to, to take the ball and put it right back up in and, and send the game to overtime, where then Eric hits three crucial free throws and Valpo ends up winning the game. A lot of fun for that one. So looking at uh, looking at some of that historical stuff is, has been a lot of fun. I remember that particular game. I didn't cover it. I was in Mexico with my family for uh, like an early Thanksgiving trip. And so... Uh, you know, I don't actually know that I, I, I ever read the story that we did. Um, so that was uh, that was a lot of fun to go back and, and take a look at that. So um, other stuff we've looked at was uh, Valpo falling to Bethel, the opening of the 97-98 season. A couple other fun things. Ryan broke off when he signed with the Crusaders. I think a big one tomorrow is the anniversary of Alec Peters signing with Valpo. So It's just fun moments to look at on this date in Valpo basketball history. So you can find me on Twitter at NWI Oren. Union Street Hoops you can find throughout uh, the internet, you know, Google Pods, Apple Pods, Spotify, SoundCloud, things like that. So uh, we're worldwide, baby. It's a lot of fun. Okay, it is November 18th. The college basketball season that we know of starts a week from today. It was supposed to start a couple weeks earlier, but obviously COVID pushed everything back. College basketball starts a week from today. Valpo is apparently going to play at Vanderbilt on November 27th, a week from Friday. I've got Robbie Weinstein of 247sports.com who covers Vanderbilt, and he's formerly of the Northwest Indiana Times. He worked with me a couple of years ago covering Valpo. He's going to join us a little bit later on the podcast to talk about Bryce Drew and, and Vandy and, and Jerry Stackhouse and Vandy and, and really what to expect from that game. I, I want to, this is an interesting time. Normally we'd have done the over-unders by now. Nothing is normal about what's going on. This is, uh, this is I think, we're all struggling to navigate how the world is operating right now. Um, and I don't have any answers. I don't even really know what the questions are most of the time. And especially in, in the recent news of the, of the numbers rising and all of that. And I'm not trying to get political here. Look, either you believe it or you don't believe it. Uh, whatever, like it, it, it's here. That's my point. It's here, and it's going to change the way that this season looks. It's changing the way that life looks. All of that, and if you want to thump your chest and say no, I'm not going to let this change my life. Well, it it has. It's changed. It's changed our lives, right? 
I don't know the answers. And again, like I said, I don't even know the questions half the time. Here's my problem with all of this. I, I My job as a reporter is to report factual information. And when we don't have the facts, I don't know what, you know, like my, my job is to seek truth and report it. And when, when we don't know what the truth is, people apply their own burden of proof to each piece of information. Here's, here's my point, and I don't want to ramble too much, but when I say things like, I think the 2020-2021 college basketball season is going to be an absolute cluster and a disaster, that is not me saying that I hope that that happens. That's saying that that's what I think is going to happen. What I'm getting really frustrated about is when people come back and say, well, that's the right attitude to have. Like, I, it, it's like, have you ever played blackjack before? And you're sitting there and you've got a 20 and the dealer's showing, or maybe I've got a 19 and the dealer's showing a queen. And I say, I hope it's not a face card. And then the person at the table next to you or the person at the table with you says, why would you say that? It's not going to change. The card is there. Like, there, it's not going to change. I always, you know, like I've been been to enough casinos and I've seen enough and people are superstitious about things or whatever. Like, look, it is November 18th. The season starts a week from now and we don't have a schedule. I don't know if fans are going to be at the games. I doubt it. We don't have a schedule. To act like anything is normal is naive and insane to me, you know? That's not to say that I don't want things to be normal. So why am I talking about this? So when the Ivy League canceled basketball last week, I'm in a group chat with some people around the area, and uh, and they and one of them texted and said the Ivy League has canceled basketball. And I, I basically said, well, who cares? And I say that because my girlfriend went to an Ivy League school, and when I told her that they canceled basketball, she said, who cares? Hockey is what they care about at the Ivy League schools. Basketball is just a thing you do inside in the winter. Like, it's not, it, they're not scholarship. It's not a big deal, right? Um, that's not to say that that basketball is not important to the Ivy League schools. It's just not their premier sport, right? Like, there's some sports here at Valpo that didn't happen in the fall. And I don't know that, and, and I don't mean any disrespect to the Valpo football program, but like, not a lot of you out there were were crying tears because the Valpo football season didn't happen. If the basketball season didn't happen, that would be the problem. And that's hockey for the Ivy Leagues. That's their version. So anyways, I'm having this conversation with uh, with some people. And and I said, well, it doesn't surprise me that the Ivy League canceled their season. It's, it's going to be a cluster. It's going to be a disaster. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And somebody in the group chat said, well, that's the right attitude to have. Just cancel everything. Look, I'm not, I don't want to cancel everything. I want the NCAA tournament to happen. Matter of fact, if the whole damn thing happens in Indianapolis, I'm going to go move down there for a month and hopefully bubble myself in and cover all of that. That would be amazing. I would love nothing more than to watch 67 games in person. I Sign me up. I'd have done the NBA bubble if I could have done it. I'm just, I search for factual information and I don't know what COVID is seven months in. I still don't know. Um, I've had family members who have had it. My mom had it. My stepfather had it. I've dodged it, luckily. Some of my best friends have had it. I don't know what this thing is. What I do know is it's November 18th. 
and the college basketball season starts a week from today, and Valpo has not released a schedule yet. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not being critical of Valpo. This is not... I. They have got so many things that they have to consider. I don't know how COVID has touched the basketball team. I know the athletics department has shut down at various times. I don't know if there have been cases through the program. I don't know if they've quarantined everybody. Valpo has not been very transparent with that information. And maybe they should be, maybe they shouldn't be. I don't know the answer to that. Again, I don't even know the questions most of the time. All I can deal with is factual information. And the facts are it's a week out from the start of the season and we don't know what the season is going to look like. Now, that's not to say I don't hit publish on this podcast and the schedule comes out 20 minutes later, but that's where we're at at the moment. We do have an inkling of an idea of what's going to happen. I, you know, I talked to a source in the program. Valpo is going to open the season at Vanderbilt. They're going to probably host Trinity International two days later on November 29th. Trinity actually announced that game at one point, and then pulled back from it because it wasn't set in stone yet. UIC has announced the schedule, and Valpo is going to be in an MTE with UIC, and I think that Trinity International game is a part of that. So Valpo is going to play at UIC on December 1st. But here's, again, a wrinkle of how crazy this has been. When I first heard about that game, it was going to be on December 2nd, and now it's going to be on December 1st. Well, that game is going to be in Chicago. Currently, I believe there is a, there is a, if you go into the city, you've had got a quarantine for two weeks before you can go to Chicago. Chicago is shutting down all over the place. I don't know if Valpo can play that game. Again, I don't, I don't know. Valpo is supposed to play at Purdue on December 4th. We know about that. There are other games that are on the schedule that, that we, we think are the returns of home and homes one way or the other. Valpo is going to host SIU Edwardsville and Eastern Michigan University. Those are games that they traveled to last year. They're going to go to Central Michigan. They're going to go to Toledo. The Toledo game has been announced by Toledo for December 19th, so we know about that one. There's another non-D1 that Valpo is going to host at some point, and that might round out the non-conference schedule. That might be where we're at. Just because Valpo hasn't announced a schedule yet doesn't mean that they don't have a schedule that they're working toward. But it's it is it's difficult to do this. And and I want to back up for a second to tell you a high school story. One of the uh, one of the programs in the area, and I'm not going to name the, the program, but it's it's one of the high schools in the area. They they routinely will postpone games if it looks like it's going to rain. They will, they will postpone games probably earlier than anybody else does in the area. And one of the reasons they do that is because they don't have a very big athletic budget. And if you end up having people come out, like I'm talking officials and concession workers and all of that, and then you have to postpone the game, you still have to pay those people. And this is a school that, that, that just doesn't make a lot of money and they have to they have to make sure that they t- protect themselves on the back end. I mean, we're we're in this to make money, right? And so I, I think of that story as I think about the college aspect here, right? How I mean, for programs like Valpo that are probably not going to be able to bring fans in and aren't going to have sweetheart TV deals all over the place, like this is going to be a big big blow uh, for for everybody. 
financially. I, I can't even imagine what the ramifications of not being able to have a normal season in front of fans are going to look like. And so, I it, again, it, none of this surprises me that it's November 18th and we don't have a schedule yet. Um, I It could be announced any day now. It really could be. Or it may be that it just gets piecemealed. At, you know, hey, this might work. This might. I, I talked about this, I think, on the last episode of Union Street Hoops. College baseball does this all the time. Oh, two games got postponed over the weekend because of rain. Okay, um, let's uh, let's add a game with Chicago State. Let's add a game with a non-D1. Let's add a game with Purdue or Notre Dame or something like that. And I think one of the, the disappointing things for me, and, and I really I love the fact that Purdue ended up on the schedule that, that we know of. It's the only announced game that Valpo's done so far. But Ball State, Notre Dame, you know, that those two, IPFW, IUPUI, uh, obviously IU, Butler. I mean, these are all, this would have made sense. Just play all the teams in Indiana, right? Keep it in-house. And But you had contracts with all these other programs. And I, look, again, I want there to be a season. I want to be clear about that. I want there to be a season. I'm mortified about thinking about sitting at home for the next three months without doing anything. I don't know what it's going to look like. I want it to happen. But if I tweet out or if I say that I don't think it's going to happen or whatever, like, don't come at me with your stop being negative or or that it, it's just I, I I'm not here for that. I'm, I, it's it's very 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 frustrating um, to consistently be told that sports writers are cheering for college sports not to happen or we're cheering for professional sports not to happen. Do you know how I get paid? I get paid when they play games, you know, I don't get, I don't get paid to sit around and do nothing. Right. And so I, again, I hope that all makes sense. Can we talk basketball? Man, I'm so sick of COVID. I'm so sick of COVID. I want to talk basketball, but here's the thing. I don't really know what to talk about with the basketball team. I, I'm so out of my element with, with this team. And I say that because it's November 18th. I said, I said this earlier. I have not talked to a Valpo basketball player in months, right? I I, I just haven't. Like I I'm I'm looking through the roster here. <clears throat> There's great stories to tell. We haven't had access to any of it, right? We haven't been we haven't been able to go to any practices. We haven't been able to do any of that stuff, right? And it's probably smart at this moment, but. Uh, you know, Valpo Athletics done a great job of, of putting out these stories. Brandon Vickery has been writing these great stories about each player. I, mean, I, I want to do that. <laughs> you know, like I've not met any of these freshmen yet. I mean, they've been now, they got here in July or August, August, maybe. I mean, August, September, October. This is like four and a half months that they've been here. I, I see the video of Sheldon Edwards playing in the gym at three in the morning pretty routinely. Um, you know, I've... I've I've seen Connor Barrett and Jacob Ognasovic walking around um, a little bit. I've I've seen Malik um, at the store once. I saw Aaron Gordon and Nick Robinson at the end of summer moving into their apartment. Um, I haven't seen any of these guys. Right? I saw Saki play and Stephen Helm play uh, like a pickup game in in the middle of the summer. 
but I haven't seen any of these guys. I have no, I have no idea. I've not met any of them. I don't. I can't even tell you that. And as a reporter, whose job it is to get information, it's been really frustrating to realize that mentally, when it comes to Valpo basketball, I'm still kind of hanging out in St. Louis, waiting to find out if if Valpo is going to get a postseason berth. I know the page has been turned. And it has been for the players and it has been for the coaches. But, uh, you know, we haven't seen these guys. I haven't seen them play. And normally at this point of the year, I will have uh, have met all of the freshmen. I will have watched a couple of open gyms during the summer. I will have been to a couple of different practices, all of that stuff. Um, it's just not that that information is just not there. And it's been very, very strange. Um, you know, a lot of times, like, I'll just drop by the arc and just just – Walk or walk in. Hey guys, how's it going? You know, just trying to just trying to hear what's going on, see what's going on. It's just not there, and, and that information is not there. So, like the over under podcast that we normally do with Todd Eichow, I would have loved to have done, but I can't. I mean, what what are we what will we set over unders on? How many games is Valpo going to play this year? And I don't even know what a good line to be would to set for that. So, look, I think this is going to be a lot of fun this year if and when it happens, because I do think this team can be a lot of fun. Everything we've heard about this team, they, I mean, look, Donovan Clay and Ben Cricky, I think are going to have an excellent season. And then you look at all the other pieces around those two. You look at the guards, you look at Saki, you look at, at Sheldon Edwards, all of the hype that he's got coming in. You look at the other freshmen that are coming in. This is a fun team. This team could be, this team could be pretty good as they grow together. But I I don't know much about the team. I really don't. And uh, and let me tell you, as someone who makes a living off of knowing information, not knowing information is really frustrating. It's really, really, really frustrating. So let's talk about the future of the Valpo basketball program, if we can. They just signed uh, four recruits. They they did their whole recruiting their whole recruiting class, and and wow, that's got to be a big weight off the shoulders of the coaching staff. They bring in four players with the the most recent being Keandre Young from Oklahoma, one of the top five players in the state of Oklahoma. Um, he's nicknamed Slim and I uh, had a chance to talk to him. He's a 6'8 shooting guard or small forward. He's, uh, as, as Matt Loddick said, he's a very versatile player for his size. Um, he averaged 12 and a half points per game last season, all state honorable mention uh, named by the Oklahoman, I believe. And uh, here's a guy that uh, is after my own heart because he lists Blue Chips as one of his favorite movies. And Blue Chips is the movie that got me into wanting to write about college basketball. That movie came out and the book The Fab Five by Mitch Album came out around the same time. And I fell in love with college basketball because of those two things. And Valpo assistant coach Matt Bowen is actually in the movie Blue Chips. I'll tell you, I spent most of the summer trying to track down Matt Nover and, and to no success. I still haven't gotten a hold of him because I wanted to do a podcast where we just basically worshipped the the film Blue Chips and just talk about stories from that because, again, it is my favorite, favorite sports movie. Um, so anyways, Keandre Young, Slim Young. Uh, Slim has mentioned that Blue Chips is his favorite. But here's a guy that I know Valpo is very excited about, and they're excited about all freshmen. Um, but the other three that signed, um, that had committed all earlier, the first one was, uh, Cam, I believe Pilesi, Cam Pilesi 
from Waukesha, Wisconsin. That's uh, my hometown area right there, pretty close to my, you know, I'm from Milwaukee, the Bayview area in Milwaukee, and Cam is from about 15, 20 minutes away. Uh, here's a guy that Valpo had been recruiting for a long time and somebody that uh, they'd recruited one of his older classmates and, and then they 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 locked in on uh, on Cam and they were very excited to get him. And he just looks like uh, he's going to be an, an excellent, excellent player. Um, 24 and a half points a game last season, six and a half rebounds, first team All-State in Wisconsin. Um, here's a guy that looks like he's going to be a, a really good player and he can shoot. Um, I, I believe Lodic said we're excited about adding Cam to our culture as a building block for our championship team. So they bring in another point guard as well from, from Canada, Darius D. Avario. I'm not sure how to pronounce that, so I'm sure I'm, I'm going to get that wrong. Um, a coach's son, someone who knew Ben Cricky, knew Daniel Sackey, really uh, reached out to them when he was being recruited and knew that Valpo and Canada had a good pipeline with one another, and, uh, and Darius very excited to get here. One of the things that's fascinating is he said to me during his the interview after he committed was that he was excited to come here, learn for Sack under Sackey for a year, and then have a chance to take over a little bit. Now the NCAA granting an additional year of eligibility to everybody, Sackey could be back for you know several more years. Um, so that's interesting. Trey Woodyard from London, Ohio, is the uh, the final recruit, and, and Woodyard is again a uh, six foot six forward. Um, 15 and a half points a game, four and a half assists, seven and a half rebounds, a pair of steals, really excellent uh, junior season um, built on, on some numbers from the previous year. He's been in the Valpo pipeline for a while, came to the elite camp as someone that they've known for, uh, for a long time. Um, and he is uh, Trey Woodyard actually very, very sold on Valpo because of the Lutheran experience as well. And, uh, and so these four guys are going to come in to a team that I don't know what it'll look like next year. You've got all you've got this other group of, of newcomers, Good News Capigal, uh, uh, which I again I've got to get down his last name as well. I'm not sure how to pronounce that. You've got Sheldon Edwards, you've got Barrett, you've got Agnosovic, you've got um, you know, this this core group that they've brought in to build on the sophomores and and Daniel Saki as well. Uh, Sigurd Lorang, Emil, these guys uh, be eager to see what they look like this coming season as well. Um, you know, interesting to look at the roster and see that Sigurd is listed as a sophomore right now. Uh, I would imagine he should be able to get a redshirt year. But again, with the NCAA granting an additional year of eligibility, I'm not exactly sure where, you know, if, if that even matters at this point. I've talked to Matt Lodick about this. I, I would like to talk to the players about this at some point as well to kind of figure out, are any of these guys entertaining the idea of coming back for an additional year? Zion Morgan, Aaron Gordon, Nick Robinson, Malik McMillan, four guys who, I mean, three of them would be going into their sixth year of college. Malik would be in his fifth year. These are all guys that, I mean, I imagine Malik certainly can go play professional basketball if not some of these other guys as well, right? And, uh, you know, but I know Aaron Gordon has really got a lot of business opportunities he's looking at. I, You know, I Nick Robinson's about to be a father. Uh, Zion Morgan has battled through so much adversity um, with uh, the ACL and the transferring a bunch. And, and 
you know, I think this year will go a long way to deciding what their future is in basketball, either at Valpo or going to play overseas or, or, or anything like that. So again, the, the answers are, I don't know the questions. I, I I'm fascinated to see what this team is going to look like. I think it's way too early to prognosticate what they're going to do. I have no idea how they're going to compete against Vanderbilt. And that's one of the reasons why I want to bring Robbie Weinstein on to talk a little bit about Valpo and Vanderbilt. The game is finally scheduled. It's a game that we've been looking at for quite some time. Uh, Robbie, again, as you know, uh, worked with us at the Northwest Indiana Times before going back to Nashville. He co- he went to Vandy. He covered Bryce, and he'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and now he's back at 247sports.com and doing great work there covering baseball and football and, and basketball for them. So um, let's jump in with Robbie, and then I'll, I'll circle back here in a little bit. We are now joined by one of our dear good friends at Union Street Hoops, Robbie Weinstein. Robbie, thank you. This is the first time I've ever done a Zoom podcast interview. Now, the people that are going to listen are only going to hear the audio, but we can see each other. It's yeah. <laughs> um, hey, big news, finally, I guess, at least if you're on the Vanderbilt side, big news, because they've announced it. Uh, the non-conference schedule is out. Um, it's November 18th. Valpo and Vanderbilt are going to play in the Bryce Drew Invitational on November 27th, although yeah. it's not called the Bryce Drew Invitational. And Bryce I've, Drew I've been Bowl. going with the, the Bryce Drew Bowl. The bar, the Bryce the Bryce Bowl, okay. Yeah, Bryce Bowl. I was going to say I don't think Bryce is invited to this game, at, at least given that it's at Memorial Gym. Um, how did we get to this point? Like we're finally, you know, it's it's funny when all this went down. You and I had never met each other, and then now like we've yeah. been waiting, we've known each other for like two two and a half years or whatever, and it feels like we've just been waiting and waiting for this game in some capacity or another, and it's here, uh, but yet it doesn't really feel like it matters at all in the greatest right. Yeah, I mean, it's just, there's been so much, I think in college basketball in general, there's just so much scheduling silliness. You know, there's, like, even, especially, like, even compared to college football, you know, college basketball teams, especially when you're talking about high majors, if we're being honest, they love to duck, uh, you know, certain mid-majors that they don't want to play. Usually that is, like local teams, like sometimes Vanderbilt doesn't want to play Belmont, uh, Ohio State doesn't want to play Xavier, Cincinnati, or Dayton, even though Xavier is not a mid-major anymore. And uh, yeah, even though Valpo isn't local, obviously Vanderbilt did not want to play that game last year up in Valpo or they wouldn't have bought it out. So uh, it, it just feels, yeah, I guess that was in Bryce Drew's contract and it, it just it has taken forever for this to happen. And yeah, like at some point I was kind of wondering if this game was even going to happen because Stackhouse said last week that he wouldn't be shocked if the SEC eventually goes to a conference only schedule due to, you know, COVID cases rise, rising everywhere. But, you know, right now talking what, like nine days before the game certainly appears that it's going to happen. Yeah. It, you know, again, it's November 18th. It's in, right. and I guess I even need to be more specific. It's 11 a.m. on November 18th because these yeah. things can change minute yeah, by minute definitely. right now. You know, Valpo currently on their announced schedule has the game against Purdue. They've not announced, and then they've got their conference games, which the Valley right. announced their games way earlier than anybody else did. Um, and it's just interesting to, to kind of see what's going to happen. Uh, talk to me a, a little bit about, about where you were at in life 
when Bryce Drew got hired? Were you covering the team? Were you? Yeah. What was? Yeah, I was. was um, like? I was a. I would have been a junior in college at Vanderbilt, so I was. I was working for the student newspaper. I attended his intro press conference, and I covered the team pretty closely his first year, which was a great success. Uh, no doubt about it. I was super impressed with them after that first season because, you know, they didn't start well, which, yeah, wasn't like a huge shock necessarily. It was a disappointment because they did have good players on that team. But the way he turned that team around was really impressive. In the second half of the season, they were playing like a top 20-ish team. They they went on some huge run in SEC play and became like the first, I think, 15-loss team to uh, get an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament because they had the number one strength of schedule in the country. They got a nine seed. You know, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't think any 15-loss team should get a nine seed or really even get in. But regardless, Bryce had that team playing so well. And it, that was a pretty interesting season to watch for sure for that reason. They definitely, I mean, I still think it's a significant upset that they lost Northwestern in that NCAA tournament game. And then, you know, I was not then covering the team when things went south the next two years. What's fascinating is that you eventually went to graduate school at Northwestern. So there's, and it's all tying together here. Uh, yeah, that that crazy game where they fought back to take the lead, I think, and then Matthew Fisher Davis, uh, wow, intentional foul, kind of a much maligned individual uh, during the the early Bryce Drew years at Vanderbilt, and I guess there really are no early Bryce Drew years because they were all early. Bryce Drew years, I guess. Um, and so, you know, then it, it's interesting as things go, a lot of times when you take over a team, you're going to have a really good first year because you're kind of playing with somebody else's players. Maybe that culture is there already. Valpo, when Matt Loddick took over that first year, Alec, Peter, Alec Peters was a senior. And I mean, they beat Alabama. They mm -hmm. They did well, and then it went south late in the year when Alec got hurt and uh, kind of flamed out of the tournament. Now we flip the page to the second year, and, and you said you weren't covering them. Uh, in 17-18, Vanderbilt goes 12-20. and 20. They were 1-10 on the road. <laughs> it just did not go well. But the story throughout the year was – it's, it's going to be okay. Darius Garland's coming. Right. Right. Bryce Drew is this master recruiter, was able to get Garland, a guy that he's had a relationship with for years. And then uh, Chateau, is that the other guy's name? Yeah, it's Simisola Chateau. Yeah, and, I mean, they built up this this huge roster. of I mean, and, and, and then this other guy, Aaron Naismith, right? Yeah. Yeah. Naismith is about to be a, a probably a lottery pick tonight. I'm hearing 11, 12 sounds like. And, and, and it looked, everything looked great. And then it was like, at that time, it was like, okay, now that they're going to be loaded, maybe the game against Valpo will happen. And right. it just kept getting pushed off. And then uh, I know you weren't there the year that all this went South, but, why do you think it didn't work? Yeah, I, so I think some of it, I think the biggest thing is something that the football program is also going to have to grapple with this year is that 
not only had they gone, they had two straight, you know, terrible years in a row, but then the best two players on the team were leaving to go to the NBA. So I, I think what they felt probably was that like, okay, we were terrible and it's not getting better despite the recruiting. So I, I would expect that was a thing. I, I have heard a little bit that like the players didn't love playing for him, but you know, beyond that, I, I suspect, you know, so it was a new AD who had come from the NBA and Malcolm Turner. I, I don't, you know, I never met Malcolm Turner because he left or was fired or whatever it was like a week after I started this job down in Nashville. And so he was effectively gone by the time I even arrived. Uh, I, I would expect when somebody new comes in and wants to change the culture of the athletic department in general, I would not be, here are a few things that I think are possible. Uh, you know, send a message that, that you know, we are going to be aggressive now and, and we want to win. I think that's possible. And I think beyond that, like this guy came from the NBA and of all the athletic programs, certainly men's basketball would be the one where he probably felt the most ownership of, I would imagine. Whereas, no. you know, football, they, they let the, you know, Derek Mason stay saying that uh, they needed to invest in facilities more and that it wasn't his fault that the program was, you know, apparently under underperforming. But, you know, with, with Turner, I think I can totally imagine when you come from the NBA, you, you it's kind of like when a new GM takes over a professional team, you want to get your own guy in there. And he had a long relationship with Stackhouse. They both went to UNC. Stackhouse was in the G League and was very, very highly regarded as an up-and-coming coach in the NBA. And so I, I think when you put together all those pieces of the, of the puzzle, sort of was bad luck for Bryce in a lot of ways. And I would not be surprised. I mean, I expect him to do a really good job at Grand Canyon. Yeah, no, I agree. I think they're going to be fantastic there. Mm -hmm. um, I'm looking at Vanderbilt's roster as Valpo is about to play them here in nine days. And I look at, uh, is it Cleveland Brown? Cleveland Brown. Brown. Yeah. Cleveland Brown. I mean, I'm just yep. not going to get some of these names right. Um, <laughs> uh dylan i know dylan okay dylan no, but, uh, yeah. okay so so brown maxwell evans yes yeah and surprise guys and obina yeah obina yeah obina so those three i think are the only guy no and isaiah rice yeah he's a walk-on the walk -on, uh, yes. yes from india uh, yeah he was on the team i believe when, when rice was yeah there. so those three i mean it's fascinating to think that you know 24 months ago yeah and, and really i mean like 19 months ago he he was the coach there and this entire roster has been flipped over now scotty pippen jr is still on the team and i believe bryce signed him um or at least recruited him but what uh what kind of team is valpo gonna go play i mean is this team where's the talent at i, I know i know they've got it who who who's gonna be the, the key players to watch out for here? I think you're looking at a, you know, mid to lower tier SEC team. They're going to be unanimously picked to finish last. I, I, I understand why that is the case. I think, frankly, when, when you or I or other reporters are doing, you know, Missouri Valley preseason rankings or SEC preseason rankings, it's very natural to spend more time looking at rosters of the teams that are up at the top and agonizing over those decisions than at the bottom, because the teams at the bottom at the end of the day probably aren't going to matter. I, I don't think Vanderbilt finishes last in the SEC this year. I would be really surprised. They don't have the roster uh, to be last. 
So uh, DJ Harvey is the biggest reason why he's a transfer from, from Notre Dame. And he, I mean, he was like a top 50 ish recruit who actually had a pretty productive two years at Notre Dame. I think his last year, like 10.7 points per game, roughly. And I don't know why he left, but looking at his tape, he did not have very good shot selection and that makes coaches mad and that can cause friction. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case, but he is going to get the chance to run the show like 6'6", 235 pound, uh, small forward, who I think is, is going to have a big year and could be an all SEC player. He's the main guy to watch for. Uh, then people usually just go down to like the points per game list from last year and go to Scottie Pippen. But I, I don't think he's going to be the second best player. I would be really surprised. I think it'll be Dylan DeSue, who's a sophomore, who I think Bryce also... Yeah, ever he was another Bryce and, guy. And Stackhouse kept him which was huge because DeSue could go to the NBA after this year that's I've heard whispers that he's looking really good I thought he was quite good as a freshman he sort of had the type of season where he looked like like they called him Bambi like he looked kind of awkward in a lot of ways he's growing into his body at 6'9 like 225 I think he's listed at and he shot like 29% from three even though the shot looked good I just think that um Sometimes freshmen who are good shooters don't shoot well in their first season. And so I think he's going to have a big season. He could be like an all-defense candidate in the SEC, and I would not be surprised to see him be a first-round pick next year or two years from now. So those are the two main guys. Then and Pippen would be another. Max Evans, who you mentioned, Cleveland Brown, those are going to be the starters. And uh, I, I don't know about the, the bench, I think, is going to be a weakness to this team. I think the starting lineup is, is capable and could be average in the SEC. I think the bench has a lot of question marks because they're going to play as many as five freshmen. Yeah, they've got a, a host of newcomers on the team, as does Valpo. And it's interesting. I look at uh, uh, Vanderbilt's team right now, and it looks like they've got 17 players on the roster. Yeah. Valpo has 17 players on the roster. This is kind of this new way of thinking and maybe especially in a COVID world where like I think so. yeah. let's have as many people on the roster as possible I want to ask you about scheduling a little bit um, you talked about how you had spoken to Stackhouse and he'd said something about uh, maybe SEC only do you have any sense as to how the this came about um, I know that you and I had talked earlier uh, you know away from on the record I guess about about different tournaments that were popping up in Nashville and anything like that. And, and just like, you have a sense of, and, and you know, Valpo was supposed to yeah. play in this yeah. tournament. Um, they were going to do their game against Vanderbilt. Then they were going to play in the music city challenge or whatever it was called with Wright state and a couple a couple other teams. Um, you have, do you have any sense from Vandy's end of how this all shook out? I think it was a mess. Like with every other team, I, I like their Stackhouse had mentioned publicly maybe like a month ago, maybe it was longer than that. I can't remember that they were looking into hosting an event with um, one other high major school and two HBCUs, presumably would have been like Tennessee State, which is in Nashville. And I, I don't know who else. So that got blown up. They're, they're hosting like Mississippi Valley State and um, who's the other HBCU on the schedule? I can't, uh, in North Carolina Central. So I don't know if those teams are kind of the remnants of this event that they were hoping for. Other than that, you know, most of their schedule, a lot of the schedule kind of was out of their hands, I guess. 
Whereas like, you know, okay, so Richmond at home is the back end of a home and home at SMU is the back end of a home and home. Davidson on the road is also the second game of a home and home. So those contracts were already locked in. Maybe they could have gotten out of them due to COVID. I'm, I'm not really sure. But uh, they, they also have like a tournament up in Connecticut. I think in terms of the home games, yeah, I think the, the Valpo game, I think really is a good game for them because, uh, it, you know, do you really want to play all your home games that are not home and homes against cup uh, against like cupcakes, basically? Because Valpo is, is not a cupcake and it, you know, could certainly be a competitive game. And I, I don't know that you want to go into the SEC, you know, having played half your games against good teams and half your games against, you know, the dregs of the division one, basically, it's nice to get some variety in there, I think. I wanted to ask, and this is really kind of my final question for you. Um, the Vandy fan base, will they care about, I mean, do, do they even know that Bryce Drew came from Valpo? And, and, and I don't mean that disrespectingly to the Vandy fans, but like, is it, does it even matter that they're playing Valpo? Um, I don't think it does, which is interesting because I was expecting, I sort of was expecting them to care about that. And I don't think, <laughs> I don't think they do particularly. There's not going to be any fans of that game anyway, but I was, cause you know, I had heard that was one of the games that I had heard about beforehand and I was expecting there to be more excitement about it because also it's the opener and, and there just wasn't. So I, I think, you know, I guess they're just, I guess that just seems like a long time ago uh, for a fan, you know, especially considering those teams didn't do anything. Like there was definitely frustration with Bryce from the fans, but I guess not enough to where they really care about Valpo either way. So, yeah, you know, the, so the like Venom a, a will be, uh, be one-sided. <laughs> a, a Valpo fan tweeted back at me and said, I don't care about this game whatsoever. Get Grand Canyon on the schedule. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. okay, well, Bryce Drew is not going to play Valpo. I yeah. mean, if Scott Drew never played Valpo, Bryce Drew is never going to play Valpo. It's just never going to happen. It's sad. And, I wish I wish it would. I wish uh, Scott and Bryce would play each other too. But that's well, well, yeah. Well, and and the folksy humor of Homer Drew is, oh yeah, they'll play each other on Monday night in April. You know, for the national yeah. championship. Was, okay, fine. Um, but uh, all right. Well, Robbie, thanks for joining. I, you know, we're we're nine days away from the start of the season. Well, we're we're a week away from the start of the actual season, but the team you cover, the team I cover don't play until the 27th. Um, well, so I, I guess I'm actually, let me, let me end with this. Are you going to the game? Have you, have yeah, you, have I they, am going to the game. Yeah. That's good. Well, have they given you any idea of what, I mean, do you get access to do interviews afterwards or anything like that? It won't be in person. Um, I, I assume it's the same thing for football where like you're watching the game in person, but the interviews are all over zoom. That's, that's what I would guess. But yeah, I'm really glad that I, I didn't think it was a slam dunk that I was going to be able to go in person because it's indoors, of course. But um, yeah, I, I think in some ways it's easier probably because in a completely empty basketball arena, you have more room to like spread out media and stuff. Yeah. So uh, I, I don't think they, from what I understand, I'm not even sure that they really seriously thought about not letting reporters in. So that's that's good to see. I don't, you know, I don't know if they'll ever end up having fans at games this year. I think it's possible, especially when students leave campus, like they're leaving pretty soon. But uh, you know, with the cases going up, it's it that complicates things for sure. 
Very good. Well, Robbie, thank you very much for joining Union Street yeah. Hoops. And uh, everyone, again, go to 247sports.com. Look for Robbie and you can uh, read all of the fun content. Yeah. Subscribe, right? Uh, big yeah. night tonight for Aaron Neesmith uh, getting drafted in the NBA. Looking forward to it. So yeah. hopefully you. this game gets played. Hopefully. All right. Thanks a lot, Robbie. <laughs> Thanks again to Robbie Weinstein for joining us. Always a pleasure to get him on the pod, especially when it's relevant and talking about uh, about Vanderbilt. And, and we're looking forward to that game. You know, I've been doing a lot of high school sports coverage. And one of the things that coaches keep saying and players keep saying is, look, we've had to approach every game like it could be our last. We've had to approach every practice like it could be our last. And, and look, I, that's exhausting. I imagine it's mentally exhausting to not have the answers in front. Of, of what we're going to do. And I think that's probably going to be the reality of the season is let's just take it. Let's enjoy every game for what it is. And I know that Valpo fans in the past and myself, certainly in the past, have always looked down on these non-D1 games. But quite frankly, you know what? It's It'll be an opportunity to see the Valpo basketball team compete. And I'm looking forward to any and all of those opportunities. I've got some fun things in store uh for the season, if in fact it, it goes off the way that I think it might. And um, and one of the things that I'm going to do is I'm uh, there's a new app out there called Locker Room App, which I am going to take a look at. And uh, I think, it, since I don't think fans are going to be allowed at games, um, it's, it's, it's kind of a fun, like, uh, a live podcast, so to speak, or it looks like it's a situation where... Uh, you can we can hop on and just kind of talk to one another, you know, pregame, postgame, halftime, or whatever. It might be an opportunity for some fan interaction. So uh, I haven't quite figured out what I'm going to do with that yet. But if you guys want to take a look at it, if you're if you're into the technology and and want to continue the conversation, um, download Locker Room app. Take a look at that, and uh, I think it could be could be a lot of fun. Search for me on there, and uh, I think we're going to have some fun with that once the season gets going. So probably a week from a week from uh, tonight uh, or a week from Friday, excuse me, when Valpo plays Vanderbilt. Looking forward to that. So, okay. Thank you all very much again uh, for listening to Union Street Hoops. And the next episode, we'll probably have a bit more clarity as to where we're going to be at in the world of college basketball. Enjoy the NBA draft tonight. We'll get to see uh, if, if the kid from Vanderbilt gets drafted, one of Bryce Drew's recruits, and uh, how high he goes in the draft. It would be the, I think, third Bryce Drew player from Vanderbilt to get drafted, fourth player uh, to get drafted from Vanderbilt um, in the NBA draft since he took over there, and, and now he's ultimately left for Grand Canyon. But uh, very good. Thank you all very much for listening, and we'll be back next week with, hopefully, more clarity on the upcoming college basketball season. 